Welcome to the N17 podcast. My name's Cosmo, and tonight I'm joined by Glenn. Hello. And I'm joined by Eddie. Uh, good evening. First, first things first, let's never, ever, and hold me to account on this, boys, let's never record after a game again, because we are the biggest curses out there. <laughs> the only Wait, two times we've done it this season. podcast that records after a game? I, I, feel, I feel like we're the ones that have the most effect because we normally don't do it directly after. But the days that we switch our recording to make it directly after a midweek game, it, things go tits up, especially this season. I mean, West Ham and then whatever the hell that was. Uh, just just for the listeners at home, there's no there's no running order for this. We've just come straight on. Um, um, we're just gonna we're just gonna add a bit, really. First of all, I've got to say. Champions League in the day in the daytime, it was already an aberration. Yeah, what the hell was I, that? The only time I remember daylight was um, like seasons ago when City played a semi final and it was semi light, and that's just because it was deep into the year. Yeah, like, I think semi final final like I can accept it. Yeah, a group, a group stage stage game in front of a half full stadium. Nah, I had flashbacks to, to Dinamo Zagreb straight away, even though that wasn't during the, the daytime, but it was those kind of vibes. But my word, that was that was terrible, wasn't it? I mean, even if even if those goals didn't go in at the end, that was dreadful. Can anyone break down to me what the hell we, we've just seen? Let's start with the first half. Uh, well, I think I can. I think... What we saw, similar to pretty much every game that we played this season, is the structural flaws in our 3-4-3. And they've been reappearing consistently now for the last three or four games. We know that we, in the... I do think that Hoiberg and... Eddie, you're going to have to start your point again. Sorry. All right. So can you guys hear me now? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, like, the thing that we've had with structural problems with the 3 4 3 is that we surrender too much possession in the midfield. Hoiberg and Bentacle have way too much to do in there pretty much every game, um, simply because having a two in there when most teams play with a midfield two or three, or uh, at least someone who comes in narrow creates a three against us. Um, we just we just constantly losing the ball in the middle of the park. Even when we're playing well, it's mostly that we're transitioning the ball better, not that we're controlling the game in the middle of the park. So that's one thing. Um, second thing is when we play with a three four three, um, or yeah, whatever you want to call it, a five two three, um, you rely so much on wing backs. And yes, again, and I hate this because. No one should be scapegoated. I, I hate having a scapegoat in the side. And I, and I don't think it's just his fault. But Emerson was dreadful tonight. Really, mm. really poor. Um, defensively shocking um, towards the end of the game, um, which is something that we usually applaud him for, or at least commend him for. Um, really poor for that second goal. And, and just quite a lot of the, the build-up was starting to happen on the right-hand side. Um, and then going forward... I think even worse than normal, perhaps, um, because he was getting into some good positions, but the end product was was not even close to being decent. 
Um, and then when we talk about the front three, with with that three, you want there to be fluidity, creativity runs in behind. But everyone wanted the ball to feet today. No one was making any intelligent runs. No one was finding um, the runs when they were being made. Um, and Son was very poor again today. Mm. Um, so it's 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 starting to feel like the same individuals are putting in very poor performances on top of one or two, uh, including Kane Perisic. And I do think that Benton Cole had a poor game. Um, and so when you start adding those up, that's like seven, eight players that are having really poor games. Um, and we're being absolutely strangled um, by the persistence to continue this pattern of play at the moment. Yeah, you mentioned that too many people were asking for it to feet, but then also like every single time we did get in behind, like it was just offside. It was like two yards offside. It was so easy for Sporting to kind of like read what we were doing and they, they stepped up really well to be fair to them but like I was absolutely in shock at how easy that was for them really um but yeah I think you're bang on with with Emerson and Son Emerson I feel like there's almost I can't expand on it anymore man like the guy is just dreadful he's just just moment right well this is the thing I think we we need to blame Conte man because you know to this point People will say, trust Conte, trust Conte, anything he does, I agree with. But these these squad selections are, are awful. The fact that he just continues to pick Emerson. I mean, how bad must Doherty and Spence be in training? Do we even think they are bad or do we think... Uh, what, what does he see in Emerson? Glenn, what can, Glenn, you were a fullback back in the day. What can he possibly see in Emerson? Why is he picking this guy as a right wing back? I, I honestly don't know. I don't know. The the only things that I've heard that make me even think that that could be a reason that Conte could pick him is Emerson's one of the fittest in the team. Conte wants fit wingbacks. That's fair enough. Doherty hasn't been fit since his uh, injury. He He hasn't come back and he hasn't passed a lot of his fitness tests to start games, which again, lends itself to him not starting. Spence apparently isn't at the level that Conte wants, but why did we sign him then? Mm -hmm. Or why didn't we loan him out? If we're going to sign a a right wing back who's one for the future, why don't we sign him out like we loan, and then, sorry, sign him and then loan him out like we did with uh, Destiny Udogi for like a, a season? He's doing unbelievable in Italy. Spence could be doing a very similar thing in in a, in a similar sort of position, I think. He could go to Italy. He could go to Spain. He could play for a championship team again. He could play for Nottingham Forest again. That's what I was going to say. He could have gone he, straight he, to he, Forest. He could, right? done, he, could have done, he could have done any of them. But we didn't do that. And then it's pointless signing another right wing back because we have three of them already. Doherty, who hopefully will come back to fitness at some point, but it's just appalling to watch. Honestly, it's horrible. And then to keep him on for the whole game, what what's going on? Yeah. Like we we against Marseille, the best thing that happened in that game was Conte brought Emerson off for Kulisevsky, and Kulisevsky played right wing back for fifteen minutes. We dominated Marseille in that fifteen minutes. We scored the first goal. 
we scored the second goal and then he brought on uh, Doherty towards the end and pushed uh, Kulisevsky further up the pitch. Like, I, I, I just don't understand why that didn't happen tonight. Yeah. But then again, Son was so poor that he had to come off. Like, he actually had to come off. He was that bad. He wasn't making runs in behind, which he always does. He 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 just he was so poor. He, he didn't he didn't complete any of his take ons. He he gave a ball, away the ball way too many times. It, it was just so bad to watch. And I and I and I I know that we all stuck uh, on on this on this podcast. We all uh, stuck up for Son and said that look we need to give him more time. And Cosmo went on a, another podcast and said we need to give him more time. But I think it's time. Time's done. Yeah, I, I agree. Done. He's a detriment to the team. At the moment, he can't start. He can't start on the weekend. He ne- he needs to prove himself to get back in the team, in my opinion. I think where Conte deserves criticism as well is the fact that he has dropped Kulisevsky now. It's not rotation. This is dropping someone. This is dropping one of our best attackers this season for three games in a row. It, it makes no sense. And, you know, we watch football, we consume a lot of football, but. You know, we we don't have the tactical knowledge of Antonio Conte of a Premier League manager, but we can see that if he's playing that system, the only the only source of creativity in the team comes from Kulisevsky because he's creative on the right wing and he can cut in and he can find a pass. We straight away said, okay, it worked when he played Richarlison, Kane, Son, but we were surprised by that, and I don't think any of us thought it was sustainable. He's then played that for three games in a row which is bad in itself, but then he makes it worse. He compounds it by having um, Emerson as right wing back. So you've got Emerson there, you've got Richarlison there. Where is the build-up going to come from? Where is the build-up going to come from on, on that right wing when those two are there? But yeah, Glenn, I agree with you. Son on form has to be dropped, has to be dropped. I, I would probably even be, and I'll probably even be arguing for this if we had Bergvine still. As, as the backup because it's not even people were saying it's the case that now we've brought in Richardson there's a lot of pressure um to take Son out because he, he's never had anyone near to his quality before now regardless of that he just he is just dropping like two out of ten three out of ten performances and you know I like to kind of do it as a euphemism and be like oh he needs to be taking out the team for his sake and then maybe he can find his form again there's, there's no beating around the bush. He just needs to be out of the team because he's making the team worse, I think. It's it's really super, just super frustrating. Um, be, mainly because I think that what, what, what we're talking about here is a team that desperately needed options off the bench, a team that needed squad depth, especially because of the, the truncated nature of the season, um, the fact that we're going to be playing so many games in such a short amount of time. Um, it was essential that we got quality reinforcements. And we somewhat did that. Um, I would say that, again, harping back to what we said before, it was a decent to good uh, uh, transfer window, um, leaning more on the decent. Um, but, you know, that means that with the with the fact that we do have those options, we should be able to comfortably say okay, someone now has a spell out the team. City, and I know we're not City, all right, so I'm going to preface it with that, preface this point with that. City 
are spent a hundred million on Jack Grealish, and he just cannot get into the team. That's because the the level of play that's on the pitch negates the fact that they spent X amount on that player because he um, and aren't aren't worried about him being upset because he knows that the quality on the pitch is keeping him out of sight. We saw how effective Kulisevsky was when he came on again today. We saw how effective he was when he came on previously. He he has the ability to not go just inside, but also outside. He he has the, the, the ability, the confidence, the power to go both ways. And I don't think that either Richarlison or Son have shown that. I, and I think that he is, like you said, so creative and and progressive as a player. Um, and his decision-making is, uh, in my opinion at the moment, is second behind Kane out of those four, just in terms of decision-making. And we're talking about a player who is still very young. Um, and Conte has to be super careful here because what we don't want and what we, what we have seen um, at other clubs is that he does favour experience over over youthful exuberance. And if he continues to to, to drop Kulisevsky, that will pull him out of any good form that he's built up since he's joined Spurs. And so the argument comes back to um, who's culpable for this. At front and centre, it's always going to be the players because they're the ones who go out and play every week. But the players can only do so much if we're... If, and if the team is performing poorly... And the players on the bench aren't getting the uh, opportunity to, to 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 cement their 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 place. Then by the time we we have to bring them on, if we're chasing the game, they're not going to be up as up for it as as they would have if they were given the opportunity from the start. It affects the whole team detrimentally when we continue to play at like this. And before the two goals went in, you know, Glenn, you were saying in the chat that a draw away from home isn't a bad result. And I think what I said immediately was, no, it wouldn't be a bad result. But how do you build on these performances? Because because players like Basuma might come on for five minutes. That doesn't that doesn't make any difference to his playing time or or him being rusty if he has to start a game. Uh, Kulisevsky's been dropped for now three games in a row. That's not going to help him if we draw nil nil and then we have to bring him on against a City or an Arsenal. Do you know what I mean? And so it detrimentally affects the team chemistry and it might it might detrimentally affect the morale of the players as well. Um, again, I, I think that like players like Emerson, who started every single game, every single game this season, how does that work out? How is Spence, who's who we spent a decent amount of money on this the um this season, how's that gonna affect him as a young player? Doherty, who's been who's been fighting for fitness since he got absolutely decimated by Matty Cash last season. He's been he's been working so hard to get back. And even in the five minutes that he played the other day, he was making such such more intelligent runs than than Emerson. How's that gonna affect his game? He's not gonna be be fit. He's not gonna be match mm. fit if we if we never play him. Yeah. And this just comes back to Conte. Where is the, why are the decisions being made the way they are being made. And, you know, it's like heresy. You can't speak about Conte in this way to most fans. And that's going to be, that just, it makes us sound so temple. So off the back of that, do you think that this result was almost needed in a way? And do you think now that we've had this kind of wake up call, 
Um, do you think things might improve? Do you think we might see someone like Emerson come out of the team? To be honest, I think he's still going to pick Emerson against Leicester. He's still, but... Yeah, he's still going to pick him, but I do think things have to improve. They have to improve from this level because since that that's the sort of performance I would expect from a Nuno Spurs team at their worst. Like that that's that that performance in my eyes was probably about level with a Nuno worst performance. In in my eyes, it was probably just as bad as the three 0 to Man United. And it says something that we lost two nil and the best two players on our team were Lloris and Dyer. How on earth maybe Perisic, maybe Perisic, but it is absolute lunacy that there are two best players with defensive players or maybe three best players with defensive players and we lose 2-0. Well, we should be going out and battering a team like Sporting. Look at the difference in finances and resources. Yeah, the the finances we have, they're a mid-table Portuguese team. They're literally, they're not even in the top six, I don't think. Yeah, not right now. It's early days, to be fair. It's early days, but even still, I think... There, it shows that they're having a poor season or a poor start to season. We still can't beat them. Yeah, definitely. Um, one of the things I was going to say, uh, I, I don't want to do this point to death too much, but how much of it is just purely like application? Because the, the players do not look like they're, they're really giving it everything right now. And I don't know how much of that is an instruction from Conte. And how much of it might be they are trying as hard as they can, but they're knackered from this infamous preseason. Do you think there's there's any truth in that and them being kind of you know overworked? Maybe I'd maybe kind of lean on that if we hadn't played if we'd played this weekend. Mm. Um, If we'd played this weekend and the team performed as they did today after a draining performance on the weekend, you kind of say, look, there's quite a lot of games. We're not really rotating the side. And and it shows on the pitch. Like the players look sluggish. They don't look sharp at points. I don't, you know, players that uh, are, you know, tenacious like Hoiberg and Bentoncourt. It seemed like they were exhausted by the time the ball got to got to their feet. And um, we're talking about a team that have literally had about a week's uh, of worth of training and rest. And so you have to say, okay. What is the problem here? So to me, there there are a few things on the pitch. I, I think that um, in the transition, the passes were very sloppy um, from from players that we usually expect um, crisp passing from, um, players like Benton Core, who, you know, uh, the commentators early on were praising them for, uh, praising him for being able to take it in tight areas, which he does do well, but he seemed very sloppy. Um and for and another thing is, I do think that when uh, Kulusevski is on the pitch, um, we rely far too much on players flicking it around the corner because nobody um, is strong enough or or brave enough to take the ball into feet and drive up the pitch. Um, Hoiberg, who usually does that for us, um, seems to have a, a good understanding with Kulusevski. Um, I do think that he looks for him quite a lot on the pitch. Um, but when he's not on there, um, Richarlison does hold his position well sometimes, but at other times he is looking just to flick it around and, and make a run. And when that doesn't, you know, when that doesn't pay off, then we are 
again, usually in a three, we're in a three-two losing, um, losing battle in midfield, and so all of the all of these things on on the pitch add up when Perisic isn't refiring, really so he's not really beating his man. Ben Davies is not really getting around uh, Perisic in an effective manner going forward, and so it, if we're going to persist with playing a three-four-three, then a we have to refresh that team. We have to rotate. Wing backs have to rotate. The forwards have to rotate. Our midfield has to rotate. We bought players in for this, so we have to use them. It literally everything feels like it's going back to why aren't we rotating the team more? And I'm not Conte. I'm not the coaching staff. I don't see what's going on in training, but it just looks like we have like 10, 15, even 20 percent less energy every time we step out on that pitch. Just to, just to move things along slightly, I was absolutely gutted that the game was called off on Saturday. Um, we'd planned on planned on going into London to watch it. <laughs> And maybe going out after. And I honestly thought that we could get someone against City. Um, in light of that performance, how wrong <laughs> was I? Or do you guys think maybe against City, we're better suited to play in a team like that? I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm just saying if we played like that, we would have got absolutely <coughs> annihilated, surely. Does he play Emerson against them? Yeah, of course, course he does. Of course, yeah. course he loves them. Then we're losing 6 0. Well, are you, are you saying that if he plays Emerson, it's like when, when CE had Negredo and then man up front? No, 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 it was. They slapped us when he That's had when it. we had the likes of Kirikesh. Nah, it's bro, the way he is dominating. Do you think he's entering like Kirikesh levels, Emerson? No, he's, 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 he's in title scramble levels now. It's, it's, I've had enough. <laughs> I've had enough. It's, it's going back to like 1990s defender sort and of. Emerson, Emerson is truly. What he's what he's captured again is is like that Sissoko level. We talked about this. Yeah, the yeah, Sissoko yeah. level when Sissoko came to Spurs and nothing was going right for him. He couldn't play right mid. He what you couldn't trust him in centre mid. We we weren't playing with wing backs particularly. Tried him at right back. So he was terrible at that in that position as well. And it doesn't doesn't feel like he's got the technique to play in any of the positions that we have available on the pitch. That was Sissoko. Emerson only has one position that he can play, that he's that he has that any kind of, you know, uh, claim to, and that's right wing back. And when you sign Spence in, in, the, in the summer and you have Doherty now apparently fit, it just makes no sense to... That, that Emerson gets to start every game. It makes no sense. The fact that we that we rotate Paris to success shows that Emerson shouldn't shouldn't be starting every game. Yeah. That's true. That's like a massive logical fallacy, I suppose. The fact that yeah, those guys are rotating. We accept that. We're like, yeah, that's fine. Um, and we don't really say anything about Emerson. Um I am I'm actually quite happy that he got mugged off so badly for that second goal because hopefully that kills the myth of him being a good defender. Like, what? I don't know how much of it is a myth. Yeah, he can defend to an extent, but he's crap. So like, just ignore that. Ignore the fact that he can make some tackles. Like, we need that to die. Everyone needs to stop set. I saw someone on, on Twitter say, oh, I know everyone loves Emerson Royale. Who, who loves Emerson Royale? <laughs> who is perpetuating this? This is like a Russian <laughs> psyop at this point. 
<laughs> oh, you know, people are saying that he's good at defending, but yeah, have you ever deep he's defended? He's not. It's not like he's a dynamic defender. It's not like he's. It's not like he's making making fantastic interceptions or he's making intelligent tackles. Is he's good one v one. It's not just daggering people and. Yeah, he 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 slows people up. He stands them up, and he's decent at one up one defender. But I wouldn't say he. He slows us. He slows us up. He slows Kane and Son and Richardson. He slows them man up. He does. He slows the whole thing. He does it both ways. So, uh, do you know what I mean? You, you see defenders. You know. Uh, you know. You'd say that maybe I don't know. Reese James is a good defender, but he's a dynamic defender. Mm. He he has he 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 can get back and, and he's intelligent with his defending. I wouldn't say that like. like you would you you would expect Reese James to be switched on at a back post. I would not expect Emerson to be switched on at a back post, and that's the sign of a good defender when when intelligence and concentration come into it. And I don't think the way Emerson's playing has, has required that much con, uh, concentration at all. It's required a lot of running, which he can do. You know what? I I don't think there would be really any difference in performance levels if you put Jaffet Tanganga there, a right wing back, and that's not even against Jaffet Tanganga. That's me saying that like, this is someone who should not be playing that position, but can defend. It's this, it's the same net effect. If you, if you put someone like that there, or I don't know, maybe even someone like Davinson Sanchez. I genuinely think that's how bad Emerson is going forward. But both the names you mentioned there are dynamic defenders. That's the two things that that's the things that have going for them. That's their biggest strength. That David Sanchez, dynamic defender, very good at getting back and making last-ditch tackles. Tanganga, very physical, very good at getting back and making them last-ditch tackles. Emerson, look at that! Look at that second goal. He, he, he basically did the the Van Dyke twerk with his aura and <laughs> and let it go through his legs. I've had, I've, honestly, he turned his back to the player who then nutmegged him. You should never do that in that position. What? He wasn't. He didn't even fake a cross. He didn't even fake a cross. He just turned his back. No, he's <laughs> looking at the ball. The way that guy was running with the ball was very spooky, though. I don't know. He looked. He looked so good off the bench. Yeah. What the hell? Like the way yeah. he was running was like a someone on on FIFA. Where you make all the stats ninety nine. What was guy? That freaked Emerson right out. I think just the way he's he was at running. the end of the game, and you you know you are tired legs. There is a part of that. But to, to be so thoroughly beaten by nothing that, that was too tricky, um, it, was, it was just really poor. Especially when you go 1-0 down and, and there is a very good chance that you will have one more opportunity to get an equaliser. That laziness is, it was really poor. Um, but again, bagging on one player for that performance... Is, would be yeah. would, would be very very uh, I don't know very forgiving on the rest of the squad because there were a lot of players who were equally as bad as Emerson. I can't lie, um, and I, I would say that Son was equally as bad, but his like his shortcomings are not as pronounced as Emerson's, but they're becoming it because. We 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 look so hamstrung when we're breaking with Son. It is it's quite astonishing at this point. 
that when Son gets the ball and carries it, I don't have that 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 threatening vibe from him at all. Um, but the difference we see when Kulisevsky carries the ball, you always think that okay, he's he can do one or two things. He can he can pass very crisply, cross, or he can beat his man. You know, he 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 looks like he has that about him, but Son doesn't. And you can just you know when you watch a player and you know that like they're severely lacking in confidence. That's what I get when I watch Son. Hundred percent. He reminds me of when I haven't played football in like years, and like you you come back to like power league or something, and then your right. touch is just completely wrong and you can't do stuff. That's how he looks. He's only had like a few weeks off over the summer. I don't understand how he can go from being absolutely world class to just looking like that. It doesn't make sense to me. Confidence. And also, I, I think today outlines the fact that maybe our, maybe towards the end of the transfer window, we we didn't do enough. Because looking at the bench, the only player who looks like he could change the game there is Kulisevsky. We, we don't have that centre-attacking mi- midfielder that we were rumoured to look at and get. We don't have that. We don't have a, a, a substitute striker who, who can hold up the ball. We just have a winger that can play as a striker, or two of them. We don't... We Like, the options aren't that great off the bench, like, in terms of going forward. Defensively, no problem. We've got a lot of options. But we don't have that attacking change or or the the two, three attacking changes that Liverpool, Chelsea, Man City, Manchester United and maybe even Arsenal have. I do think that what we need to be kind of forgiven of is that you can't do it all in one window. I get that. And bringing in seven players uh, who are all like fighting for a first team place is stupid if we're not really like if if we haven't really knuckled down on outgoings properly we've just about gotten players off our like like out of the club not even off our books just out of the the club so that we don't have to like essentially destroy their careers um even though they've destroyed our banks but um i i do think that that we the reason why we didn't push late on in the window is just because the outgoings were not successful at the end of the transfer window. And so there is a part that they that does play a part. But yeah, I think with Lucas being injured, immediately we just look a bit too light on the bench. We um and and like Brian Hill is not gonna get a look in. He's just not. And and because who's he gonna take off at that point? He's not going to take off Kane or Richarlison no. to bring on Brian Hill. There's no way. There's no. absolutely no way. And so who do you take off? Maybe a wing back. But we did that last season and it, and it was like it came to like a horrific uh, position where we were playing him at like left wing back or something or right wing back. I think it was and, right wing back, yeah. Genuinely, genuinely looks pony. And so what do you, what do, you do with that? I don't know. I do think that there, like, I do think that Bissouma can have a like, positive effect on transitions. Like, he can do what Benson Cord does in terms of picking the ball up in in tight areas, and he is very press resistant. And so maybe he can help us. 
And I think he's a better option off the bench, a midfielder option, in my opinion, than Skip. Um, not to bag on Skip because I've been on the pod and done that like so many times. Um, and, and I do actually like Skip. But yeah, I, I agree, Glenn. It, it does... It is confusing when we when we seem to have like addressed some problems. Then we look at the bench today, and it's like Hill, who will never play, and and Kulisevsky, who's not a striker, um, who is quality, but the only real bit of quality that could change a game. Yeah. Do Do you boys consider that we could go to like a three in mid a three in midfield, so like a, a five three two. You I know, just, you know I just think he, he's just sold everyone that that would enable us to do that. Not that I would want Lo Celso and Ndombele to ever play or Deli Ali for that matter, but he has not brought in anyone to like do that job. So we are so wedded to the three four three now. It's not even funny. Like we 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 can't not play that formation. I think we need to go to three five two. I actually think we need to, but we can't. It's impossible. You could say Kulusevski could go in there, but. I just it, that's not really his position, and he's so um, effective off the off the right as well. Exactly, yeah. yeah. I, I think really the solution is just to bring him back in and place uh, Richardson on the left. That's that's the best solution, I think. Um, but yeah, it would be nice to be able to play even, even on the right. <laughs> yeah. No, exactly, exactly. Um, yeah, we're playing less than next. Uh, Actually, we don't, we don't have very long left. Let's let's do a little break right. and then um, yeah, come back to Leicester. Hello, welcome back to part two, in which we will preview the Leicester game. Um, and we've just realised that the game is taking place very near to Glenn's birthday, and we've uncovered a generational curse against Glenn, which goes back years since Spurs actually won on your birthday or near to your birthday. Glenn, what was the last time? The last time was in 2015 and Ryan Mason scored the winning goal and Eric Lamella set it up. Wow. Yeah, that wow. bad. Against who was I it against even... again? Huh? Who was it against again? I've forgotten who I said. Burnley, I think. I've no, got it was against... Uh... Sunderland. Wait, no. Sunderland. 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 Wow. Sunderland. Wow. Who, who are now in League One, aren't they? Yeah, they are. Future? They are. And Mason has been our manager since then. Oh my God. Brain <laughs> yeah. That is a deranged fact. That, that is would be a like pub quiz question. But surely, surely we can't drop points against Leicester. I know we've been pretty bad ourselves, but they have one point from six games and they look dreadful. They look dreadful. I reckon they must make us look like 1982 Brazil. Like they, They've been terrible this season. Can anyone see us? Slipping up. Glenn, maybe because of the curse? No. 4 0 win on the weekend. Wow. He's going to drop Son. We go 1 0 up, and then he's going to bring Son on, and then we go score three more goals. All by Son. I think Kulusevsky is going to score the opener on the weekend. Interesting. And then a couple of corners. Have you decided whether you're going to put Perisic in your FPL team? I know you were on the phone. Oh, he's going in. He's going in. What's that based on? Because he he's played the play. whole game nearly. Based on the fact that he's our only good wing back. Yeah, true, true. Although you guys were very unhappy at me getting annoyed with Sessignon. I wasn't. I, I, I wasn't on that podcast. 
Sessignon dropped an absolute stinker last week. <laughs> that was thank you, Glenn. Horrid. Thank you, Glenn. That was horrid. <laughs> there are some Sessignon truthers amongst us. Yeah. Oh, these men just want to be oh, He's twenty-two I'm, years old. He's twenty-two years here. old. He's got time to grow. I'm really surprised at how like are we like how much better of a player he was at 18. I know. Insane. If we signed that 18 year old Sessignon, I'd be buzzing. But it, that that was a problem. We waited though. We waited too long to get him. We could we we waited too long to pound him into the ground. <laughs> yeah, well we, we let him lose his way, I think. Yeah, and he's had loads of injuries as well. But yeah, he, he's just like lacking in confidence and even the thought to take someone on he just like his hamstring twinges at even the, the <laughs> even the mention of taking a player on oh so, yeah. i mean he yeah, does look permanently like terrified. He, might be it. he might not trust his hamstring yeah. I, I genuinely think that's the truth I, I don't think he trusts his body enough to carry him through a whole game if he starts taking people on Especially when you get to the byline, you have to real stretch to keep that ball in. True, true. He doesn't want it. I can see that being the case. Um, okay, what what do we want to see in terms of team selection? I'm guessing we all want Son out. Um, Richarlison, Kane, Kulisevsky, front three. What about yep. in the midfield slash wing back? We, we need Emerson out. We know it's not going to happen, but we need him out. How how much would like? Would you feel? confident like how much more confident would you feel if you see that starting lineup and he's not he's on the bench I don't know about confident because this is the thing that because Conte and and you mentioned it earlier Eddie because he hasn't played those other two I'm scared at how rusty they're going to be so I I don't know if confident is the right word but they they have to come in at some point I I think if I saw Spence in there I'd be hopeful at least it's hopeful more than confident I I think we just have to see something different, right? Yeah. That's the main thing. We have to we have to see what Conte's seeing or not seeing in them. Because at the moment they're just an unknown quantity, whereas Emerson is a crushingly known quantity. Yeah. Um, at this point. We know what he can offer, which is very little at the at this point, and we know what he doesn't offer, which is a lot. Um and we just don't know what Doherty or or Spence can offer this Spurs team at the moment. But Spence, even more so, just feels like a an idea. Barely feels like <laughs> an actual player at this point. He's a concept. It's like inception. <laughs> yeah. like, like, they've tried an idea in our brain. We don't actually know what it's, where it's come from. Well, can, can they do that really to Conte, please? Can they, <laughs> can, they, can they put him in, in his bloody head? I saw, it's never I saw him screaming at Emerson during during the game. What's the point? I'm like, bro, how can you scream at how can you scream at him when you play him every game? I know. How? Uh, it, it, I think a lot of people made the point. How can you have the cheek to even do that when you're the one picking him? We all know his shit, but you still pick him every game. It's it is weird. It, it's kind of like the Sunday league manager who picks his son who's crap at football. That's what it's like. I, you I know can't who he's thinking about. I know who you're thinking about <laughs> straight away, Cosmo. If you know, you know. <laughs> um, you know. But I do think that this weekend is could potentially be good to as a way to like really, really 
go out the traps flying because Leicester in such a poor vein of form, I do think we, we should be able to capitalise on that and put in a good performance. Like, we've historically been good against Leicester. Obviously, we had that incredible game last season as well. Um, psychologically, we should just have that over Leicester at this point, even when they are playing well. So especially when they're not playing well, this should be an opportunity. I, personally, I'd love to see Bissouma again. Very unlikely that we're going to see him again, but would love to see him. Would love to see uh, Richarlison and Kulisevsky alongside Kane. Again, unlikely, but would like to see it. Um, and I'd just like to see us like attack with a bit more verve. Because, okay, I bagged on this performance um, a lot tonight, but it seemed like at least for the first 10, 15 minutes, we seemed to be at least like 10 yards higher up the pitch. We f- It felt like we were pressing a little bit higher. It felt like we were winning early on when Son won the ball on the edge of their box. We haven't done that much this season. And mm. I just thought that we, that was going to be something that we could continue because Lisbon liked to play out the back. But again, we just... We surrendered the ball and, and they, they just looked much more dangerous than us. And I think Leicester, we can capitalise on their defensive weaknesses if we press them high. They look bad on the ball. So I hope that we do that. I really do. If we don't test their keep on the weekend, oh, who, by the way, oh, has, has the worst disaster class compilation of yeah, any Premier League player Ever, that, if we that can't was test him, so funny. So if funny. Test, if we can't test him, and if this set piece coach's set pieces don't work against Leicester, who genuinely mm-hmm. could not defend the set piece if it was he taken is. by an under an under eights team, <laughs> we can't score a set piece on the weekend. We are terrible. He needs to get five straight away. I Honestly, mean, yeah. Leicester are so bad defensively. Their keeper, none of their players want to be there. Oh, did you see that video of Telemans uh, tracking back? Yeah. That's one of the worst. And Mo's shaking his head like this. That was horrible. It's horrible. Was I mean, their, yeah. Their dressing room must be awful. Have you? Yeah. Also, weird, 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 weird direction I'm going in here, but Rogers is so small. Oh, yeah. oh, <laughs> I saw that. Yeah, yeah. But he's, he's like five foot low. five. He's yeah. like, let me land. Let me land. Let yeah, me land. Yeah. <laughs> what the hell? Anyway, yeah. I, I think yeah. Why his teams can't defend set pieces. <laughs> <Sport band syndrome. laughs> I think that's a good I place think... to to sum it up, really. Eddie, what were you, what were you going to say quickly? I was just going to say that I do think that um, that Conte should really be like, come on, guys, after this performance that we've just put in, we have to correct that. We just have to correct it attitude-wise, play-wise, application-wise. And if you were to pick a Premier League opposition to follow this game, Leicester's like close to perfect. Yep. We need one of those big results that we were getting towards the end of last season uh, when we were beating Aston Villa like 4-0, when we were beating Leeds... Four five nil. Um, didn't we get a big one against Newcastle as well? Three or four one. We we need something like that. We haven't seen that in in ages. Fulham was nearly that, but we actually need to put someone to the sword, and this is a good time to do it because I feel like 
that spooked a lot of Tottenham fans, that result, because we haven't been good for a long time. And finally, it's gone against us. And it was inevitable, but it was hard for us to kind of really get too annoyed while we're still getting results. Um, but finally, we've got that poor result. So, yeah, let's hope that kicks them up the arse. Um, yeah, I think that pretty much sums it up. Um, yeah, thanks for joining me, boys. Um, hopefully, the last time we do a immediate aftermath game, uh, hopefully we've yeah. learned our lesson. I hope it's not too depressing, this podcast. Wait, guys, guys, before we go off the podcast, I'm just going to send you a clip from today's game and I want you to watch it whilst we're recording. I just want you to watch it. What's up with it? What, what, what media platform? Twitter. Oh, on Twitter, on Twitter. Wow! Oh, oh my god. god, that's far worse than I even remember. I, the context, the context. I mean, let's let's retweet that on N17 now, just so people can have a look. But yeah, that yeah. is one of the most yeah. bizarre passages of play from Emerson I've ever seen. I actually had to turn away from the screen. <laughs> that is outrageous, man! I'm retweeting that now. Wow. Wow, I'm uh when we when we release the podcast, I'm gonna release that clip alongside it. Yeah, that's gonna be done. <laughs> wow. All right, <laughs> thank you for listening. Um, yeah, glad you were saying uh, it might be a bit depressing. I think it deserves to be after that. To be fair, that was just shocking. It is what it is. But um, onwards and upwards. Hopefully, we smash Leicester. Come on, you Spurs. <laughs>